Well, a big week ahead for Liverpool. Thanks for joining our LSE podcast. I'm Andy Kelly. I'm joined by Neil Jones and I'm joined by Christian Walsh. Uh, we're going to look back uh, a little bit on Crystal Palace and also obviously look ahead to these uh, massive clashes, really, with Manchester United in the Europa League. Jonesy, uh, back to Sunday, uh, a thoroughly um, dramatic end to events at Selhurst Park. You were down there. Um, how did it look from the uh, the joyous surrounds of the Selhurst Park press box? Yeah, I saw a little bit of it. I saw a bit <laughs> through the uh, the cracks in the uh, the, the the beams that, that hold up Selhurst Park and restrict your view. But uh, yeah, it, it looked like a very uh, a very buoyant away end. It was certainly a very buoyant uh, couple of trains that we got back to to Euston and then back to Lime Street as well. So it didn't look like it was going to be with half an hour to go and. I think it was uh, Jürgen Klopp who, who used the two words and he said we or the three words he said we went from rubbish feeling rubbish to feeling really great by the end and I think that just about sums up sums up that Sunday for Liverpool. Christian, they're one of those teams, even though they're not sort of like massive rival, like you know we'll talk about United, but they're one of those teams that I think Liverpool fans love to beat now because they've they've really annoyed us <laughs> quite several times over the last few weeks. And I'm not looking at you in particular for any reason on that. Yeah, they're a bogey team, aren't they? Um, Selhurst Park is is a bogey ground, and why that exists in football, you just don't know, do you? But 1997 was the last time they've won there in the league, so it's a bit of a remarkable achievement, really. And to do it in that, Leonardson, um, which you just was kind of the money I lost Leonardson first goal, by the way. And you know, he's a back, he's a back yeah, he was one of these, always a big I, prize. I'm, I'm a Lana man now, so I, I, I tend to I tend to lose quite a bit. It's lucky we've got Man- shirts on our back, really. <laughs> Man City, Man City finally paid it, uh, paid it all back. But uh, now it is. It's 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 you know, Palace are that sort of team. It's strange as well because they've gone through quite a lot of transition. You know, this this um, this, this run against them extends from Warnock to to Pulis yeah. to Pardew. And just, you know, it it just seems to be the club rather than anything Dowie. in particular. Ian Dowie was well. the Andy Johnson, there, yeah. Andy Johnson won nil in the Istanbul season. Um, so you know whether that plays into players' minds or not, I don't know. But you know, with sixty minutes gone, once James Milner walks, everyone's thinking, well, there we go yet again. You know, the the the, the case of Crystal Palace strikes. Um, but you know, I, I suppose results like that. You know, if you're going to break a hoodoo, that that's how you do it, isn't it? Ten men for the first time in your history coming back and winning two one with a last minute penalty. Um, you know, don't be surprised if if they don't win a Selhurst Park again for the next twenty years. But it's it's just sort of it's it's nice to not go to Palace next year with with as much trepidation probably. I think the thing about Palace is that they're they're not in their minds. They're not a Premier League club really in terms of. In terms of the mentality, they're not expecting to be in the Premier League. They're obviously, they're getting there now in sort of a couple of seasons, but they're they're still a little bit like Liverpool is a is is a big thing for Palace and yeah, you know, Man United coming to, to Selhurst Park and Arsenal. So they they're never not up for it. The, the home fans at Selhurst Park and it, it was so noisy, you know. In in terms of you think of some of the grounds where the referees under a lot of pressure, and you, I think of Everton, you know, a lot a lot of a lot of Evertonians seem to get it. I always think. The same at Newcastle as well when the referee's not not given the home side anything. It, it was really bad on on Sunday in terms of the pressure the referee was under every time a tackle went in. It was off, off, off. It was this and that, and I think that does make a difference when you go there because if you think about players, you know, if you were going to somewhere like Villa, say a couple of weeks ago, you'd be thinking if we get get on top early, we'll have a pretty pretty standard afternoon here. But in terms of um, in terms of Sellers Park, you know that it's going to be. 
as soon as you go to take a throw and you go down by the touchline, you're going to be getting the bird and you're going to be getting a fair bit of stick. And I think that does make a difference. You know, we all remember the three-three game, and yeah, it was it was still loud when Liverpool were winning three 0 It was still you know still boisterous. It was even more so as they got one, two, three back into it. So we all remember those those games, and I think that um, that is why Crystal Palace has a little bit of a a little bit of a, an edge over Liverpool sometimes. Christian, which makes it all Jones. He talks about the pressure on the referee, and obviously we know when it came to the the game sort of denouement that uh, Mariner didn't see Benteke's uh, you know situation as a foul, uh, relied upon his linesman, and and the linesman had no doubt in his mind that you know I think think it, we we could all read his lips. He tripped him. Uh, was seemed to be what he was saying, and um, you know it's there's been two or, two or three days of chatting about this, so we don't need to go into it massively, but. Um, there was definitely contact, and you know, a striker's always going to go down at that stage, isn't he? Of course he is, and you know, I think Ian Clough probably summed it up best when he said, you know, you you, you do that to me, and and, and you fall, you know, it, it it happens. You'll run a full pelt, and um, someone someone taps your heel, no matter how slight, and and it will it will sort of knock you off balance. We don't know what Christian Benteke's balance is like running a full pelt. So I mean I think it's even harsh to suggest that he would have or maybe even went down so easily. You just don't know how the, the the physics, you know, the physiological makeup of Christian Benteke made that. He he didn't seem too certain afterwards, did he? When he, he was well, asked, I think I think that was the problem, wasn't yeah. it? They asked him and and, and he, he he seems quite you know he, he always he's a very relaxed guy Benteke when he sort of comes through the mix zone and that he's always just laughing and joking and I think he sort of wanted to make a joke out of it and didn't quite know what to say to the television cameras and you know. Not given a straight answer, was it a penalty? Yes, it was. Sort of made that a little bit of a problem. I mean, you know, we can go over it over and over again. But the thing that makes me laugh is that no one's mentioned the fact that, you know, Alan Pardew has now gone something like 14 Premier League games about to win. And he's made sure that his team were a man to the good and a goal to the good and managed to throw it away and lose 2-1. So, you know, it's no surprise there that he's focused on, on Ben Teke's um, wrongdoing, if you will. Um, but it, look, it happens, and and there's there's plenty of times I've I've, I've seen players like Dwight Gale or Joe Zaha, Ledley, Joe Ledley against Tottenham, it. wasn't yeah. it? Um, you know, this happens to every club, and you know the, how how can we expect referees to be consistent if uh, managers are asking for inconsistency? I think Liverpool got rewarded for the ten men just going for it. Do you yeah. want to get? I mean, the the only perhaps uh, sort of thing that Klopp did, which you could say was maybe, oh, I'll take my point, was bringing on Colo dead late and yeah. saying, you know. Uh, but apart from that, the 10 men just, they were far better than the 11, that's yeah. one thing. And I think I think it was, was it Adam Milan who said it felt like the reins had been taken off. And, yeah. uh, and they, you know, it, it's difficult to understand why 10 should be better than 11, but certainly they just felt like the pressure was off, certainly seemed to be one of the things that contributed to that. Yeah, there's a couple of couple of things that stood out. I mean, I saw John Aldridge's column today. He talked about fitness, and to me, that was a that was a, a, a triumph of of, sh- of freshness and sharpness. You know, Jordan Henderson still having the time to break from midfield and play a pass, and then a, a centre back who's you know he hadn't had the, he hadn't had the toughest afternoon of his life, but he had he had obviously a tough enough afternoon that he thought I can either run back in and try and get a block, or I can go to ground. And you know, I always remember. Um, he had an interview with Graham Souness and he said they asked him about how Liverpool got by in the eighties and he said, Oh, they had a phrase that, that Joe Fagan used to say to them, which was find the dope. And he said, It's not it's not a drugs related <laughs> yeah. um, thing. It's a, it's a, he said Liverpool trusted themselves enough that in the opposition team there would be someone a dope who would switch off and who would who would give you a, you know a, a chance. 
they found two, didn't they? They found a goalkeeper and they found a centre back. And I, I think you can sort of say that they got a bit of luck with the penalty, that they got a bit of luck with the the shank clearance. But I think Jurgen Klopp was right. He said they were they might have got a bit of luck, but they were in the right position, i.e., attacking, getting forward to take advantage of it. And you've got to you've got to credit the fitness, the mentality of the manager, and the mentality of the players. I think. I think it's partly going off script as well, though. You know, I think Liverpool look their best when they sort of throw all reason out of the window, to be honest. And I think when you've got 11 men, it was all a little bit too safe and it was all a little bit too precise. Shooting, was, no, yeah. exactly. They get into all... this pattern of playing and it, it's a pattern that doesn't end up with shots on goal yeah. or bothering goalkeepers, does it? And whereas, if you say, if they just play a natural game, even those players who've maybe been disappointed in their Liverpool careers, and we, we know that, you know, the transfer successes haven't been brilliant the last couple of seasons, but they've generally been bought because they're good players. And if they just go back to their sort of natural rhythm of their yeah. game, that 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 bit about being a good player comes out more, doesn't it? Definitely. I, I mean, you look at the, you look at the, you know, like a Firmino. Now, obviously, I'm not saying he's he's been a bad guy. He's been absolutely superb this this year. But you know, the, the control for that equaliser is absolutely remarkable. The first you touch know, is it's, brilliant, it's, it's isn't incredible. it? Incredible. All three, yeah. All three, yeah. yeah. You know, great. All, all of them, and then you look at so you know Henderson's been much maligned recently, even though I, I feel he's still sort of coming back from this heel injury, and um, you know it's a pinpoint through ball to, to Christian Benteke. Um, whereas you know when, if there's a lever on the pitch, does he maybe put his foot on it and maybe see yeah. a sideways pass instead? Instead, just, everyone's just thinking, well, it's one-one, let's go for it. And, and Benteke's making those instinctive runs off the, the shoulder, which he hasn't been doing in Anfield, but he did do with a filler. I did think Crystal Palace looked out on their feet, yeah. whereas ours didn't. And are we now, Jonesy, older referred to it as Colin, but this fitness, are we now in a stage where Jurgen Klopp is not seen as the hamstring killer of Liverpool's um, um, injury list? That he's he's got beyond that now, and that that for all that we know, that you know, hamstring injuries recur and. Uh, and that's one of the big risk points for them. But, you know, are we at a stage, hopefully, where a lot of them are benefiting from, you know, the extra fitness that the way he plays brings? Yeah, I think there's, there's definitely an, um, a, a case to be made that the hamstring curse, if you like, that they suffered during the winter was, was down to, you know, a significant change in, in an intensity in a training regime, which you would normally have been able to iron out in pre-season. Obviously, you couldn't, so you had to have this, had to do it mid-season, which isn't ideal, but... What you would hope, I mean, the, the record at Dortmund suggests maybe not, but what you would hope is that it builds up a core base of fitness that makes means that you don't get as many of these injuries and you sort of you're able to, to transfer your fitness throughout the season. Um, but Liverpool have looked sharp. You think about some of the games, you know, they they got late equalised against Arsenal. They came from behind in the second half against Norwich and then came from what felt like behind when Norwich equalised in stoppage time to find something. And he's done 120 minutes against West Ham. He's done 120 minutes at Wembley and looked looked stronger as that went on. You know, then then three days later, put in a, a very intense and very good performance against Manchester City. Well, I was wondering, you know, that Liverpool definitely came out of those 120 minutes yeah. at Wembley. For all, maybe City had been celebrating a little bit, but you know, they when it came to Anfield, far the the brighter and fresher side, weren't they? For yeah. and they played exactly the same game. I mean, that was the ultimate comparison, wasn't it? Because they played the same game. Um, so uh, let's hope we see more of of that. And obviously they made history on Sunday with this incredible statistic from from Jed Ray that we'd never ever sort of um, been behind 
gone, then gone down to ten men and come back and, and, and won the game. Which uh, it defies belief, really, that yeah. a team with such a history of Liverpool's so long, 124 I years. I saw a few people suggesting that because uh, refs were too scared to send Liverpool players off in the <laughs> 70s and 80s, which <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll ignore that one. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's never happened and it was the first, so uh, it was nice to have. Um, so, four days to wait and then from Sunday we go into Thursday, the first ever European meeting between Liverpool and Manchester United, it's it's um, you know we almost had it a few years ago, didn't we? Uh, and and the Liverpool got put out by Leverkusen, wasn't it? I think well, uh, it would have been in two thousand and seven in the final as well. Yeah. Um, Milan, Milan Kakko, United So it's been tantalised for a few years, but it's it's, it's happening, Jonesy. And and to be honest, I'm feeling. Quite sick about it already. <laughs> uh, just, just because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm confident about the game, but these are the, these are the games that you know you really feel in the pit of your stomach when you're yeah. watching it, and you know you're at times you're barely able to watch, are you? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And or are you made of a firmer constitution? I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that for a second. What, what I, I, I like football that matters, and I like, I like football matches. And to be honest, covering Liverpool. I know I've been doing it since 2010. There's been too many games I've been to at Anfield that don't matter. Feel like they don't matter. You feel like you know Liverpool are probably going to draw or lose, or even if they win, it won't make that much of a difference to the league position. You know, we've had the season of it where it, it, it did it did matter, and you know how we all enjoyed that. So I I I like these games where there's tension, and I can remember the Chelsea Champions League games all them years, and they were so tight and so nervous, and they were so you know. They felt like nothing really ever actually happened in the games, but it always felt like it was going to, and when Drogba was going to do something, or Robin was going to do something, or Damien Duff, and that, you know, you come away from them, and all right, yeah, you 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 had you went through the ringer for ninety minutes, but you come away with a memory of wow, we were brilliant. It was at Anfield for that game, and a lot, you know, great. I hope I hope this one's similar. You know, I hope it's not a, a complete, you know, anti-climax and one that's remembered for all the wrong reasons, you know, in years to come, but. I'd much rather that than, than two more legs of Augsburg or, or, <laughs> or Braga or, or you know, Angie, Makashkala and teams that have come to Anfield and they just they haven't mattered. You know, as much as as much as you say, oh, it's easy to say that in hindsight, they just haven't mattered. Liverpool drew three three in the game against Young Boys, I think, in the in the Europa League. It was Young Boys, wasn't it? So it was two. Was it two, 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 two five yeah, three away? Got, yeah. got beat by Udinese three two. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah, and and like you know, they're they're good games, but. Remember, do you remember? You know, I, they, I didn't even know the score. Yeah, yeah. You know, so these these games are what matter for to Liverpool. And I think I think the fans should embrace the nervousness, and it, it should make for a better atmosphere than it would if Liverpool were at home to Sparta Prague. I think say. I think teams can get into a cycle sometimes if you haven't got you know unlimited money like Man City or Chelsea, and it's hard to build sort of organically that 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 feeling of big games because if you're not in big games, then you'll never get that big game experience. So when yeah. the big games come around. You lose them, so you'll never. So if you see what I mean, yeah. this is like a, a really good chance. Yes, it's the it's the Europa League, but it's still an absolutely massive game. You just play in the cup final, which was another big game, and you just hope this is sort of like a couple of building blocks in the mentality of a couple of these younger players. You know, you like you know, like Chan, even Henderson. You know, he's Liverpool captain, yeah. but he won't have played in a game like this ever before. Yeah, uh, you're looking at Emery Chan, you're looking at you know an Alberto Moreno, even like Nathaniel Klein, Adam Milan. Yeah. You know, he's played at the JPT at Wembley, but this is yeah. this is completely different. <laughs> It'll be interesting, that, you know, what level it gets to in terms of tension, atmosphere, all those sorts of words. 
between like a normal. We've had important games against United yeah. in the league last couple of years, but you know, this is this is yeah, like nice. no, knock knockout nighttime football, two legs as well, and you know, both of them, you know, both sets of fans will be absolutely. They're going to be bang up for it, aren't they? I've got to say, do you not think the... I mean, I've always won the myth of the night game or, or not the not the myth, you know, the sort of the the legends around the night games. And Everton fans have always had it with Goodison under lights and they say Monday night, Everton have got this great record that they don't lose a Goodison on Monday night and all that. And I always think it's because you've, cause you've been twiddling your thumbs all day and where, you know, you, Thursday night and then right, I'm going to match tonight. Not... not I've got up on a Saturday with a bit of an hangover, and I'm gonna, you know, half one kick off. I'm gonna trot trot down to Anfield, get a, get myself a, you know, a, a cure, and then and then go down. That's di- that's a different experience, I think, to to sitting there looking at the clock all day and work saying it's, it's five o'clock soon. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm getting straight down. I'm going right, you know, we're, we're gonna get right into these. And I, I do think that will create a better atmosphere. Maybe not at six o'clock when no. when, when when obviously it was gonna be for the second leg, but. For, for that, I think that'll make a big difference to the yeah, atmosphere. It feels that bit more special, and also larynxes will, will have been well and truly uh, lubricated. 40,000 pints on that cock. <laughs> you know, yeah, they'll be well oiled for that game. And it's, it, it, it's a, it will be a special game, you know, but you've just got to hope that obviously the results and the performance to start it carries it through. But, you know, in, in terms of, you can just imagine it's going to be vitriolic, a bit like the Chelsea game, you know, at, at, yeah. the, the, the 05 one where. You know, it wasn't just the case of getting Liverpool into the next round. In that case, was the final um, of a competition. It, it's it's also to, to inflict as much misery on the opposition as possible. Yeah, and, um, you know that, that that's something that obviously this will bring. Well, speaking of of misery, as you do, um, this I think John Aldridge used the phrase "very very ordinary" about United in his column uh, in the Echo today. Um, they have been ordinary for quite a while, yet we keep losing to them. Yeah. That's we're now at four on the trot. Um, and I, I suspect Van Gaal hasn't got that record against any other team before on the trot in terms of his United time. They've certainly lost and drawn to a lot of teams. Um, and if we don't even want to think about it, but were we to lose the fifth, that would be the first time in history Liverpool have lost five uh, games on the on the trot to United. So it's not going to happen, Jonesy, tell us. No, no, um, no, it won't happen. <laughs> Set him up for a dreadful fall there, haven't I? <laughs> um, I mean... Liverpool shouldn't have lost the last one to United. The three before that, you could say, well, you know, they got what they deserved, really. I think the one thing that, that you'd say about it is last season at Old Trafford, they had, that was the first game with the three at the back and the Sterling, Sterling up front experiment, wasn't it? And there was sort of a little bit of encouragement taken out of it, but they got beat. Brad Jones was in goal. Brad Jones was, yeah. Well, he wasn't in goal as, as, as it proved, was <laughs> he? You know, he, was, he was somewhere, but he wasn't in goal. Gone um, to the chance for Sterling that night. Yeah, exactly. Hayer had a, a great game. Then the second one was was the Steven Gerrard obviously influenced game um, where any chance Liverpool had of really recovering sort of went out the window within 50 seconds of the, the restart. Then earlier this season it was it was the sort of the, the just the gloom of the end of the Brendan Rodgers era really, and Liverpool went there and I can remember. It was my birthday, funny enough, that day. I can remember being in the office, because you don't get your day off on your birthday <laughs> in this place. But um, I can remember just the mood of Liverpool fans going, we're going to go there and get battered. And that, and that was how they felt. They haven't had Daniel Sturridge. They had him in the, in the Gerrard game when he was sort of, I think it was his last game for a, lot, for a Scored, while. Didn't he? Scored, didn't yeah. yeah, and, and, and they haven't had him. So they didn't have him in the, the uh, 
the January game either this year. So I think that does make a difference. You know, you look at if you can have him, Sturridge, Firmino on the same pitch, you know, you, you've got a little bit more solidity maybe with with the defenders coming back as well and, and, and the goalkeeper maybe just, you know, hopefully in a bit better form. It can make a difference. You know, United were bang lucky to win that last game. You know, they, they offered nothing, but they took the one chance that came their way. You know, if Liverpool can get the first goal, which they haven't done in any of those games against United, I think they can they can certainly go on and, and, and win or at least at least get a decent result. Christian, are you expecting to see Sturridge and Coutinho come back in the starting lineup? Obviously, uh, you know, when starting against Crystal Palace, um, but you would think. Uh, I mean, you did a piece today on you know what is Klopp's best eleven. Um, would you expect to see uh, in that? Presumably, puts out his best eleven he has. I think you have to, don't you? Yeah. It's 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 you know the, the fact that they didn't start and each Sturridge didn't even come on a Sellers Park to me. I mean, I know Benteke might have come on because he was a bit more of a physical threat, but in general, you know the fact that Sturridge watched on on the bench and Coutinho only got half an hour says to me that those two absolutely nailed on to start. Yeah, you got a feeling of Milner a fullback. Ooh, where have you got that feeling? Well, he's going to fullback. Well, he went to fullback for about forty <laughs> seconds. On, I think that's on, why he got sent off, Saturday. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, don't, I just wonder. I just wonder about him because you can't really fit Lallana, Milner, Coutinho, Firmino, and Sturridge into the team unless he does what he said in his four-one-five <laughs> formation, which he's not going to do. Obviously, I just I wonder whether he might just 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 have a grafted up right back and just just help Milner to to you know get stuck into Martial or whoever it is. And obviously, Klein will play, mm. uh, but we we Could saw what he can do against on on left. That, that that that's not the wildest shout in the world. Mm. You know, that Moreno. I mean, he divides opinion, doesn't he? But He's, um, I, th- I thought he was okay. Was, on no, 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 and that, that's why I'm a bit reticent to say what I'm about to say. But in a game where one mistake could be crucial, mm-hmm. obviously Moreno might be the best player to have, to have on that football pitch. And who do you up against Mata? Who do you up against Mata down the right? I mean, you can imagine Mata walking all over Anfield. And you just worry about. He was about so poor it. at Anfield last season. You know that, that's yeah, what I've got yeah. in my mind. Mata got two, didn't he? Mata got two, and, yeah. and, and basically Van Hart targeted Moreno. Um, and, and and that's just that just sort of be wary of your mind. Obviously, as well, if Matters on the right hand side, he's cutting inside to a right footed fullback, so he's cutting inside onto the client's stronger foot. Yeah. So yeah. you know, that, it's that's... where people worry about Moreno most is about his football intelligence. It's a yeah. strange phrase, but it's like you know that you hear people say, "Oh, he, you know what he's just done there is brainless." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and he, he's got lots of physical qualities, Moreno, in terms of you know probably better than some of our I think other another thing he's got as well, Moreno is he's. I think he is influenced by the crowd, Moreno, and I think if if there is a sort of a vibrant atmosphere, he is the type who thinks you need to dive in, and you need to go and bite, and you need you know you can't stand off, and you know he, he done it on Saturday. I thought he had a good game against Zaha. Generally, you know he was quite quiet. For the, for the tricky players, uh-huh. but he still gives away a few free kicks. That he's, he's diving in and he's going to ground and he's you know, listen. That's what cost Liverpool really. You know, in in the last it was, was give, you know giving set away pieces. cheap, cheap yeah. set pieces. Yeah. You know, and I think it would also cost her Old Trafford. It was Klein, I think, on on someone, Martial maybe, and it was a, a free kick roll back and Daily Blind put it in the top corner. So. They they know United United are a threat from set pieces. They've got Chris Smalling who goes in there. They've got Fellaini if if he's available. You know players like that. So who so, playing centre half? I mean, Lover had a very very strong game on the weekends. Yeah. You'd think he's I got think, one I of think them. The two of them staying. Sacco and Lover. Yeah. Very harsh on Colo because he's done nothing wrong and he, I thought he was faultless against United in January. But I think Lover and will stay in and I can't see Sacco being left out 
um, I think they are above him in the pecking order and I think they stay in personally. And for a good result, clean sheet, massive, isn't it? Because you get the impression that they'll do very well to stop us scoring at Old Trafford. Yeah. So if we can keep a clean sheet, nil nil's not a terrible result. Um, and anything after that would be I, I you'd be quite like, confident going I, with I you. Yeah, but you know, looking at it on the other side, I don't think the game's over if United take a lead, a one goal lead back to Old Trafford. I, w- I would back Liverpool more at Old Trafford than Anfield, to yeah, be honest. Nil nil's a better result for Liverpool than United, personally. I think United need an yeah. away goal. Um, but I agree with Christian. You know, Mislan scored at Old Trafford. You know, we've seen Q- um, Q- I think that Charlie Austin, Southampton, <laughs> Southampton have won it there. You know, I watched I watched highlights of Watford the other day and. Waffle could have beaten four or five. One. Gallo could have Gallo, had two or three. You know, chances galore. You know, we've seen other teams go there this season. You know, West Brom have just beaten them at the weekend, albeit with ten men. You know, West Brom, awful, an awful, and they've just beaten them. I think Norwich have won there this season at Old Trafford, didn't they? They did. Uh, yeah, no, they did. They did. Yeah. They did. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be worrying if it's one nil going there, but I think a clean sheet for Liverpool is a is a fantastic result. Regardless of how many they get, four 0 would be better to live with. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a fantastic note to end on. Jonesy and uh, Walsh have knocked all the fear out of me here. I think the Ulster might survive Thursday night. Uh, enjoy the game. We're definitely going to speak to you next week. Nu BTW Neeweken bij Beddenreus. Ontvang 21% BTW-korting op alles. Kijk dus op beddenreus.nl of kom naar een van onze Beddenreus-winkels.